Good morning, new life. Let's try that again. Good morning, new life. Hey, let's just thank the worship team. Can we do that? Our singers for leading us into the presence of God. And let's do this. Can we just give Jesus a shout for being amazing this morning and just tell him how amazing and awesome he is? Well, hey, my name's Chuck. It's great to be with you guys again. Um, I say this every time I come now that uh, I've lost track of how many times I've been with you guys, but it's always an honor and just a joy to be with you guys. And uh, I want to say thank you to Pastor Dwayne and the team. By the way, I, this is the first I've seen him since him and Tammy, since they've been back from sabbatical. Can we just thank Jesus for your awesome pastors and leaders and the whole team? Love you. And uh, thank you for representing the kingdom so well. So, and thanks again for having me. So it's an honor to be with you guys. Um, I'm excited to let you know about a couple new resources that we just released. My wife just released a book in, in August. It's a children's book called You Were Made to Create. And this is a children's book, really good illustrator with good illustrations. It's all about letting kids know that because they were made in the image of God, who is the creator, we are all creative in our unique God-given way. And it deals with comparison and not comparing ourselves to other people, not comparing our own creativity to other people. So this is available um, out in the lobby when you leave. They're $10. Uh, who has kids that thinks this would just really bless your kids? Um, lady right there with your hand up. Yeah, can somebody pass that to her? Somebody wants to help me out. Thanks, Dathan. Bless you with that. And uh, I just released a book in August as well. Um, and I, this has been a long time coming. This is kind of a compilation of a lot of my life messages that God's put on my heart. And uh, it's in book form. It's called Kingdom Perspectives, Seeing Yourself, Others, and the World Through the Lens of Heaven. How many of you know it's important that we see ourselves, other people, and actually the world and everything that's going on in the world through God's perspective. Because how many of you know that God always has a higher perspective and a better perspective? So this is called Kingdom Perspectives, and Dathan actually helped me with this. As I was working out book covers, I would text him. I'd be like, what do you think about this one? What do you think about this one? He'd be like, I like that one. And uh, his vote won. Um, he, he actually said this. He goes, I like that cover because it's kind of like, how you dress. <laughs> and I, like, I looked and I'm like, it's true. I'm almost wearing the book covers right now. But anyway, um, who, who feels like they need an upgrade in your perspective? Who wants this one? All right, I see. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a, a, a guy this time. Yeah, I saw your hand right there. If somebody, yeah, in the white shirt, come on up and grab this. If, uh, all right. <laughs> Bless you. All right, who else would like a copy? All right, they're out in the lobby on your way out. Um, and, those, and those are $15 um, if you want to grab one of those. Um, all right, well, I'm going to share a message that's on my heart, which is really uh, something that God has put inside of me and, and, I, and I hope I flush out. Because how many of you know that we're not called to just have a message, we're called to be a message. 
We are actually living letters, living epistles that testify to the glory of God. And I want to share um, something that I love to share everywhere I go. Um, a lot of you know uh, my wife Anna and I, she sends her love by the way, um, my wife and I transitioned out of being on staff at a church in San Antonio um, at the beginning of this year, and we've since been really seeking the Lord regarding what this next season is going to look like for us, and we've been traveling and speaking in some different churches. Um, last weekend, I was ministering at a friend's outreach. Um, it's, an out, it's a ministry called Ethnos, and they have a, a ministry to really the poor of the poor in the Cassiana neighborhood in southwest San Antonio, and they did this event called 10 Days of Glory, where they partnered with another ministry, and they're doing meetings almost every night, and they asked me to go share the gospel um, last weekend. I was there last Friday night, and outside of their ministry center, there's a worship team playing, and there's a tent, like a, a canopy set up for people to gather and, and hear a message and receive ministry, and they have people from the community coming every week, and I don't know, it was a, it was a smaller group but I began to share the gospel and I began to um, pray for the sick and I had some words of knowledge. And I had a word of knowledge that God was healing growths on the bottom of people's feet that like whether it's a cyst or some type of growth that make, makes it painful to walk or stand. Now, how many of you know that's kind of a risky word to give in a group of like 20 people? Believe it or not, in a group of about 20 people, two people raised their hand to say that they had that the host, Tiffany, um, one of the hosts of the event, had cysts, two cysts on the bottom of her foot that made it painful to walk and stand. After we prayed, she couldn't find the cysts anymore. Can we just thank Jesus just for his miracle healing working power? And we've just been seeing God's glory on display everywhere we go, particularly through physical healing. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 23. Matthew 4, verse 23, it says this. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. With me to Matthew chapter 8, verse 14. Matthew 8, verse 14. Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her. And she arose and served them. You know somebody's healed when they have a fever so bad that they're in bed. They get touched by God and they're so healed, they jump out of bed and start making sandwiches. <laughs> When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself, Jesus, took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Matthew 10, verse 1, says this, And when he, Jesus, had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power, everybody say power, over unclean spirits to cast them out 
and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. One of the things that marked the ministry of Jesus is that every place he placed his foot, everywhere he walked, every town, every village, every community, everywhere he went, he laid hands on the sick and saw them healed. Or he just spoke a word and that person was healed. Or he would tell them to go per, you know, perform a certain act and in their obedience, by faith, they experienced miraculous healing. So much so that Jesus developed a reputation for being the rabbi, the teacher, that everywhere he went, he worked miracles. He saw people healed. He saw people delivered. He saw people free from their pain and their torment. And then when Jesus commissioned the apostles, he commissioned them to do the same works of ministry. And the truth is that the early church believed that physical healing was so much a part of the gospel message that they, that they included that aspect of the gospel everywhere they went and every time they preached the gospel. And everywhere they went and preached the gospel, God confirmed his word with signs, wonders, and miracles, and particularly miracles of healing. The early church so believed this. That's why Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, um, to, verse 4 to 5 said this, when I came to you, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, listen to this, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in what? In the power of God. I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, we owe the world an encounter with God. Because how many of you know that when we introduce somebody to an encounter with Jesus Christ, they have a decision to make. We owe the world an encounter with God. And if we are filled with the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, and last time I read this book, it said that we are, that we can do the same works Jesus and the apostles did because we're filled with the same spirit. Listen, children can move in these same types of signs, wonders, and miracles. There's no junior Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit in young and old, rich and poor, popular, unpopular, pastors, leaders, lay people, ordinary people, filled with the spirit of God, putting his power on display everywhere they go. This is what will turn cities and nations to Jesus Christ. Not a good argument, not even just a good apologetic, but the power of God on display. And we're called to do this, not just on Sunday mornings. Just a couple weeks ago, I was, uh, I, I, do, I do residential um, real estate um, as well, um, just, like, just like Tammy. Um, she's probably better at it than I am. Um, but... I do real estate, and I was helping my friend um, look at a house uh, in um, Canyon Lake as, as an investment property, as a vacation rental. 
and we're there and uh, it's just, it's one of those rare occasions. Usually when you show a house, the, the owners of the house aren't there. Well, this is one of those awkward situations where we show up and they're like, hi, we're going to be here. And we're like, that's, that's cool. But then we realized they're just really friendly. It was, it was a, it was an older couple and they're telling us all about the house and we're looking at different things and we're out in the yard. And in conversation, the lady shared how she had an injured shoulder and she had pain in her shoulder. My friend, Joel, um, who's a pastor of a church that I go to in San Marcos, Sozo Church, he's like, well, we can pray for you right now. And she's like, okay. And so right there on the spot, Joel said, is it okay if we just put your hand on your, our hands on your shoulder? She's like, sure. So we put our hands on her shoulder. We pray a simple prayer. She starts to move her shoulder around all the pain. She can't find pain anymore. She's completely healed right there in her living room while I'm showing her house. Next thing we know, her husband's sitting off to the side. He goes, can you guys pray for me? And he starts to share what's going on in his body. We go over, we start ministering to him, praying for him. It wasn't really stuff that he could test out on the spot, but some internal stuff. And we pray for him. He, he has an encounter with the love of God. And, we, and listen, they already knew the Lord, but they encountered a facet of God that maybe they've never tasted before. As we put his goodness and his love and his power on display. As icing on the cake, we got the house under contract. They accepted our offer for a much discounted price. It's a good tactic, Tammy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we're called to put his, his goodness and his love and his power on display everywhere we go. And uh, just for a few minutes, I want to share three keys for receiving and releasing healing. And the title of my message is Healing is Our Inheritance. Everybody say, healing is my inheritance. The first key that I want to share is this, and I talk about this everywhere I go. I'll never get off of this subject because it's so important that the church gets this, and that is this. If we're going to be a people that both receive and release healing everywhere we go as a lifestyle, it is essential that we believe that God is really good. We need to be anchored and convicted and persuaded that God is outrageously good. I like to say he's better than we think he is. So let's change how we think. And let's have our minds renewed as it pertains to the nature of God. Listen to this. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 34 says this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Everybody say, he is good. For his mercy endures forever. James chapter 1, verse 17 says this. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Psalm 23, verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In fact, everybody just say out loud, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Psalm 27 verse 13 says this, I would have lost hope unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
Everybody say he's really good. Everybody say he's better than I think he is. So I need to change how I think about him. A.W. Tozer said, what a man thinks about when he thinks about God is the most important thing about him. So it's so important that when we think about God, we don't think about him as this really mean cop in the sky ready to just punish us as soon as we make a mistake. No, he's an outrageously good father who calls us sons and daughters, who gives us good gifts. And one of those good gifts is healing our bodies, taking away our disease and releasing abundant life in every aspect. I'm wearing a t-shirt right now. It says, the glory of God is man fully alive. What gives glory to God? Us walking in the abundant life that he provided. Listen, Jesus paid way too high of a price 2,000 years ago for us to settle for anything less than the abundant life. And part of the abundant life is walking in healing. It's being healthy. It's, it's receiving the inheritance called healing. Now, those scriptures that we read about the goodness of God were all in the Old Testament. Let's look at the New Testament. John 14, verse 8, Philip came to Jesus and said, Jesus, when are you going to show us the Father? And Jesus said this, Philip, have you been with me this long and you don't realize that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Like, you want to know how good God is? Look at the life of Jesus. Jesus has perfect theology. Everywhere he went, he healed the sick, casted out devils. He never turns anybody away. He never says, um, I, I just want you to hang on to your sickness so that you can um, learn perseverance or learn humility. No. See, sometimes we make up theologies to justify our lack of experience instead of allowing our experience to catch up with what the word of God says. And Jesus is the word of God. He's the prime example. In Hebrews chapter one, it says, he, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory, listen to this, and the exact representation of his being. You want to know what God's like? Look at Jesus. I love that song that we were singing. It said, speaking of Jesus, it says, your face shines like the sun. Jesus is the glory of God. The exact representation of his being. And he showed us that it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And part of giving us the kingdom is giving us healing in our bodies and us receiving the abundant life. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, I've said this many times here. He said, when you pray, pray like this. In Matthew 6, he said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He taught his disciples to pray, and we would be wise to do the same thing, to pray like this. Father, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus taught his disciples to pray heaven to earth. Last I checked, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no pain in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. So when heaven touches earth, 
everything that's not of heaven has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. He said, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What are we made of? God made us out of the dust of the earth. I believe part of heaven invading earth is heaven and his kingdom invading our physical bodies until our physical bodies start to align with heaven. He, his, see, Jesus died and rose again to make all things new. And sometimes he just needs to, he just wants to make some things new in our bodies and bring alignment into our bodies. So that's why, you know, and we're going to pray for people in a few minutes. When we pray for people, I like to say, listen, let's not pray, God, if it's your will, heal them. He already showed us it's his will. He healed all who came unto them. So rather than going into a prayer with double-mindedness, saying, God, if it's your will, I'm not sure if it is, but if it is, do it. We need to align our minds and our expectations with what we know he is like and what we know he wants to do and pray a confident prayer. Father, thank you that you, you're healing them. Thank you that by your stripes, they're already healed. We just receive that healing now in the name of Jesus. Listen, when we renew our minds with the goodness of God and what he's like, we start to expect healing and we start to be surprised when somebody's not healed. Does this make sense? It's not our long prayers that heal the sick. It's not how much, you know, how many good deeds we did leading up to that prayer. It's coming into alignment with the will of the Father. And when we come into alignment with the will of the Father and believe that it's what he's doing, Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. When we see in our hearts that that's what the Father wants to do, healing becomes easy. It's not about how long your prayer is. It's just coming into agreement. And you can say a really quick, listen, I would rather people pray a really quick, clumsy, believing prayer than a long, drawn-out, articulated prayer that lacks faith. You know, I was ministering to somebody in Australia once, and they had a bad hip. So rather than praying this really long, drawn-out religious prayer, I just said, hip, hip, hooray. <laughs> it seemed appropriate. I was praying for their hip. <laughs> By the way, where's Michelle? Is Michelle in here? Yeah. Michelle just shared that last time I was here, she had an injured hip. We prayed for her hip. She hasn't had pain since. Let's thank Jesus for that. So this guy I prayed for had a, a four-wheel bike accident back in like the 90s, broke his neck. He said he became, it was millimeters away from being a paraplegic, had to have surgery on his hips. So he still had neck pain, hip pain, tightness in his neck. There was a bulge, even though he had hip surgery, one was higher than the other. There was a bulge right there on his right side. And I prayed for his neck first. He said, the tightness is gone. I'm like, that's amazing. He's like, but my hip's still jacked up. And I said, hip, hip, hooray. <laughs> and when I said hip, hip, hooray, he just started laughing, got hit by the joy of the Lord, doubles over laughing. The next morning, the bulge was completely gone. His hips realigned and he had zero pain. Come on, let's thank Jesus for that. It was a really religious prayer, hip, hip, hooray. <laughs> God wants his kids to have fun with them.
you know, it's not irreverent, but sometimes if somebody has like really t- like a lot of tightness in their shoulder or, or in their neck or something, I'll say, well, let's just release some of that Holy Spirit WD-40. And I'll just kind of pretend I'm squirting like Holy Ghost oil into their neck. And it's like, we, God doesn't get hung up on that stuff. He, he like, he wants us to have fun with them. We're his sons and daughters. We're co-laboring with him. And sometimes something as simple as hip, hip, hooray is all it's going to take to heal the sick. By the way, right now I'm feeling somebody with sharp pain in the lower back. It's like a pinching in the lower back. God's just taking that away right now in the name of Jesus. So whoever that is, raise your hand if that's you. You have sharp pain in your lower back. Who is that? And maybe it's not hurting right now, but maybe when you stand, that's you, sir. What's your name? Glenn? Yeah, let's just stretch our hands toward Glenn. Father, thank you for Glenn. And I pray that you would take away that pain. It would never come back in the name of Jesus that after this morning, it would never come back. And let him even feel you touching him right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your presence rest on him in Jesus' name. Yeah, and just as God's doing that, Glenn, I feel like he's doing a healing in your heart as well. There's, there's, he's bringing healing in your heart, healing in your emotions. And I feel like there's even some relational kind of, uh, there, he's bringing some, some restoration to some broken relationships and even some healing to your heart regarding some broken relationships over, I believe, even over the past several months. So we just pray healing into his back and healing into his heart in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. Amen. The second key that I want to share, we need to believe that he's really good. The second key that I want to share is this. We need to believe that healing is an essential part of the new covenant. Everybody say new covenant. In Matthew 8, it says that when Jesus was healing the sick, he was fulfilling a prophecy from the Old Testament in Isaiah 53, where it says this, Isaiah 53 verse 4. Isaiah is prophesying about about Jesus and his ministry in the new covenant. And it says, surely he, Jesus, has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. Listen to this. And by his stripes, we are healed. Everybody say, by his stripes, we are healed. It says, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Now, the the Hebrew root word there for grief and sorrows specifically speaks of physical affliction. And it says, he has bore our, our physical affliction on his body at the cross. In Psalm 103, verse 1 to 3, it says this. David wrote, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. He says it again, bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he says, forget not all his benefits. P.S., here's a few of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities and who heals all your diseases. What I love about this is even before Jesus came to earth, even before the new covenant, through the shed blood of Jesus on the cross, 
David, through intimacy with God, I believe prophetically looked into a future covenant in relationship with Jesus. And he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Those that have personal relationship with Jesus Christ and have put their faith in him and him alone, here are some of the benefits of that covenant that you have with him. He forgives all of your sins. Say, he forgives my sins. And he heals all of your diseases. Say, he heals all of my diseases. See, Jesus didn't die on the cross and and rise again just so you could be forgiven and restored a relationship with the Father. He died that you might be forgiven. And every time you get healed or lay hands on the sick and see them healed, how many of you know you're helping Jesus get what he paid for? We're helping Jesus get what he paid for by receiving our healing and by releasing his healing. It's an essential part of the new covenant. And I want to prophesy and declare that the church worldwide is coming into a greater understanding of just how good, just how powerful the gospel really is. That it's not just forgiving our sins and then we're hanging in there until we go to heaven someday. No, he died that you might have life and life more abundantly in every area of your life. Body, soul, spirit, relationship, finances. You're called to live the abundant life. And the glory of God is man fully alive. And part of being fully alive is receiving and releasing healing everywhere we go. Everybody say healing is an essential part of the new covenant. The third key that I want to share is this. To be a people that receive and release healing everywhere we go, we need to believe that God wants to bring healing to and through every one of us. Everybody say, he wants to use me. And there's something about realizing that because the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of us, everywhere we go, he goes. In 1 John, it says, as he is, Jesus, so are we in the world. That's crazy. As Jesus is. It doesn't even say as he was when he walked the earth. It says as he is. Everybody say as he is. So are we in the world. How is Jesus right now? Well, he's fully glorified, seated at the right hand of the Father. And in Ephesians 2, it says that you and I are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So as he is right now, seated at the right hand of the, of the Father, so are we in the world. What does that mean? It means when you walk into Starbucks, Jesus is walking into Starbucks. Not because you're Jesus, but because you're in him and his spirit lives inside of you. That's why we're called the body of Christ. When you walk into Starbucks, it's as though Jesus is in Starbucks. When you walk into a post office, It means Jesus is going into the post office. That's why we need to believe that we can shift the atmosphere everywhere we go. You walk into a place with confusion and chaos, you carry peace. You walk into a place where there's strife and division, you carry unity and reconciliation. We can shift the environment. Listen, we're not just called to be, you know, uh, we're not just called to be a thermometer 
that tells people what the temperature is. We're called to be thermostats that change the temperature everywhere we go. Like we're not just praying for revival. We are revival. We are open heavens. So when, as he is, so are we in the world. Same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. So we need to believe that God wants to release healing to and through every one of us. Everybody say, there's healing in my hands. Say, when I lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Everybody say, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of me. Everywhere I go, he goes because I'm part of the body of Christ. I was, uh, I, was, I was at Sozo Church in San Marcos last weekend and I wasn't even speaking, but Joel, pastor, likes to just bring people to me and put me on the spot. So it's toward the end of the service. It was after, actually service was over and I was just talking to some people and he brought, a, he brought a lady to me and said, Chuck, she has um, partial deafness in both ears. Can you pray for her? I said, sure. So I asked her a few questions, and then I prayed for her. And I said, can you take out hearing aid where it's, you, know, you have the most hearing damage? So she took it out, and I, st- I, I had her stand there. And uh, I was just looking at the side of her. I said, what's your name? She told me her name. And I just kept asking her questions with the same um, volume of voice and she kept answering as I got further and further and further away until I said, look at me. I said, can you usually hear without your hearing aid that far away? And she said, no. And God just began to open her ear and, and heal partial deafness and restore her healing, her hearing to her. Can we just thank the Lord just for his mercy and his grace and, and his healing power. And he wants to do this with us everywhere we go. Um, I just, uh, last time I was here, and I won't, I won't share who it is because I didn't ask permission to share this testimony, but I shared some words of knowledge for healing, and I had um, people stand all over the room um, that had that condition, and you guys remember, some people were healed. Well, at the end, a gentleman came up to me, and he said, and he was crying, and he said, every word of knowledge, every, every condition that you mentioned, I had in my body because I served active duty in the military and my whole body's been wracked with pain. And he said, every time you mentioned a condition, my wife would elbow me and say, that's you. He said, but I wouldn't stand because I felt like I was unworthy and I kept hearing the words unworthy. She said, but even though I didn't stand, every time you mentioned something, my wife would elbow me and every time she elbowed me, that part of my body would pop and all the pain would go away. And he came up to me with tears in his eyes saying, I am completely pain-free and God's taken away every bit of pain that was in my body. Can we just thank Jesus for that? And I said, listen, God, not only are you healed, but God is telling you that you are also, he, you are worthy because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. He says you're worthy. He loves you. He delights in you. And you know who you are this morning. I just want you to know the Father calls you worthy. He loves you. He's not disappointed in you. He's pleased with your heart, and he's going to finish the good work that he began in Jesus' name. You guys doing okay? Can we just thank the Lord this morning one more time? I'm going to ask, just as as I close, um, 
I'm just going to share uh, a dream that I just had recently. It was just last month, toward the end of last month, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was sitting with a small group of guys, kind of like sitting around a campfire. There's no campfire, but it's kind of like that setting. We're outside, an informal kind of gathering. We're sitting around, and a gentleman is talking to us and teaching us and just kind of pouring into us, an older man. And, and I recognized it to be the late John Wimber. And John Wimber was the, was the leader of, of, a, of a church movement called the Vineyard, that, and it was the church I came to know the Lord in. And John Wimber was known for activating the church in signs, wonders, and miracles, and making signs, wonders, and miracles, and healing accessible, not just to pastors and leaders, but to every member of the body of Christ. In fact, one of his phrases that he loved, he loved to say is, in the kingdom, everybody gets to play. <laughs> everybody gets to play. We all get to do the stuff. And in this dream, he's, he's just, he's sharing. And toward the end of the dream, he just looks directly at me and he begins, and he's speaking just, just to me. And as he's speaking to me, he picks up a blanket and he, he just placed it over my shoulder, shoulders like a mantle. And as he did that, I recognized that it was my daughter, my seven-year-old daughter, Charlie's blanket. And he placed it over my shoulders. And as he did that, I began to shake and I began to weep as I just felt the significance of the moment. And when I woke up, the Lord began to speak to me. And even as John Wimber represented a movement that made healing, miracles, signs and wonders, the power of God accessible to the whole body of Christ. There is a generation receiving a mantle for that very thing, miracles, signs, and wonders. And it's gonna come upon those who will become like children. My daughter, Charlie's blanket coming upon me. There's a child likeness where we will just take God at his word and believe what the word of God says with a childlike faith and a childlike a childlikeness before God that just takes him at his word. There is a mantle of healing and miracles coming upon a generation, young and old. And I believe that even this morning, God wants to release just a fresh faith, hunger, and ex expectation to not just receive healing, but to release healing everywhere you go. And if you're saying, you know what? Sign me up for that. I want to be one that doesn't just receive healing, but releases healing on a regular basis, not just in church, but in school, at work, out on the streets, in the marketplace. If that's you, you say, you know what? I want to, I want to be used by God everywhere I go to put his glory on display. If that's you, I just want you to stand on your feet where you are. I'm going to pray for you. Just stand where you are. I'm going to pray for just a fresh gift of faith and an anointing for you to lay hands on the sick and see them healed. So do this. If you're standing right now, I want you to put your hands out in front of you. And I'm going to pray that the Lord just releases the gift of faith and a childlike wonder and expectancy for you to be used by God. So Father, all over the room right now, I pray that you would release gifts of healing, miracles, and fresh oil come upon them now in the mighty name of Jesus to lay hands on the sick and see them healed. I pray that you would even just release the fire of your Holy Spirit into their hands right now. 
in Jesus' mighty name. Some of you are going to start to feel a tingling and even a heat in your hands as the Father just released the gift of healing to put his kingdom on display. For my sister here right now, I just see the anointing of God coming on you for healing. Lord, release fire all over her right now in the name of Jesus to lay hands on the sick and see them healed and to see cancer healed beneath your hands in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Yeah, Lord, just release it all over the room. Just stay in that place with the Lord just for a minute. Father, we just release fresh anointing for healing right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. And we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say, there's fire in my hands. The presence of God lives in my hands. My hands are loaded with the anointing of heaven. And I'm going to release it everywhere I go. In Jesus' name.